Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Trash Futures Australian Rationality Correspondent, Mr. Brendo O'Neill. G'day. <laughs> this week, the chattering classes of this once great nation have been all of a flutter. Is it about the rabid kangaroos terrorizing our rural ute drivers? Or the crocodiles tearing people to pieces in North Queensland? Struth, no. They are cracking the shits about nothing more than the cryptocurrency crash. Yes, the pistachio posadists of Fitzroy are furious that Sam Bankman-Fried of the FTX crypto exchange has run it into the ground. So enthused are these drongos to mock a man making money from cryptocurrency that they've even stooped to pillorying him for living in a polycule. <laughs> where everyone is on amphetamines all the time. But is that not the kind of hyper-alert man you want watching the markets? <laughs> Did it not work for the Luftwaffe? <laughs> These questions remain unanswered. <laughs> the fennel fundamentalists of Footscray <laughs> would have you believe that cryptocurrency has no use cases, but to them I say, have they never tried to buy drugs or child pornography on the dark web? <laughs> Indeed, it is nothing more than woke dogma that sets them against the crypto pioneers. But the business case for crypto will never satisfy the Harissa Hezbollah of Malvin, <laughs> who is savaging Mr. Bankman-Fried for using the money of FTX customers to prop up the cash flows of his hedge fund, Alameda Research. They would have you believe that this is so-called fraud, <laughs> which is a so-called crime. <laughs> but should they not be rejoicing? Is this not the very redistribution of wealth which they claim to espouse? <laughs> Their silence speaks volumes. And yet the Remillard Red Army faction of Q <laughs> will not even forgive Mr. Bankman-Fried for his love of charity and his interest in effective altruism. But then again, when have they ever supported charity? Just this week, they've been criticizing a 50 jet ski parade in Sydney Harbour to raise... <laughs> to raise awareness of violence against women, calling it tokenistic and offensive. But if men are indeed such a danger, is it not safest to have them at sea where they can do no harm? Are these brave men not risking life and limb before the crocodiles of Sydney Harbour to raise awareness for their sisters? As ever, the jet ski owner is a societal outcast. Dear reader, as jet ski parades continue to be cancelled and yet further woke attacks mount up upon our Australian way of life, the value of dogecoins and gamer tokens and so on and so forth are sure to sink further. I cannot say exactly how far, but I fear the value of these coins may fall as low as 0.01984 <laughs> Australian dollars. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Trash Future! <laughs> Hello, Comedy Republic, for the last show in the 2022 Rack Off Trash Future Australia Tour. Uh, Apart my... from Britainology tomorrow, please buy tickets. Yes, well, so that's a new tour that is starting and ending tomorrow here. Uh, they will mm. be playing the Green Room and the Stage. Uh, two shows. Uh, and 
It is, of course, myself, Riley. You may remember me from every other episode of this podcast, as well as possibly last night, for those of you who are here twice. Um, if you were here twice and you're like, oh, God, are they repeating stuff? Uh, except for the first bit, no, it's all new. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm here, of course, with Milo, Hussein, and Nate. And joining us on stage is comedian Tom Ballard. Hi, everyone. Uh, who you all like more than us. Uh, <laughs> Noted. So uh, it has... It has been a fantastic two weeks in Australia. Um, my main takeaway is, God damn, your food is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> On the way here, I wanted to get like a hot snack, and um, it ended up the place we walked past was a casino that, that sold pies. <laughs> and the pie was good. This is Australian culture, as far as I understand it. You get a sausage at the tool store, you get a pie at the casino. <laughs> it's all topsy-turvy, mate. That's oh, right. That's your accent, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that we have better food than British people? Is that what you're saying? Oh, the baseline level of the food is... <laughs> it is high. Yeah. Don't know if you've ever been to a football match in the UK. You can be served some... Have you ever drunk a mug of gravy? <laughs> They wouldn't give you a mug. You might hit someone with that. They give you a paper cup, <laughs> a paper cup of gravy. <laughs> I feel like um, Australia is less likely than Britain to take some fries, put that in a bun, and say it's a sandwich. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't like it. There's a door. <laughs> that's right. Simple as. Um, so uh, that's like that's basically my review of Australia is. Jesus Christ, I want to stay. Uh, it's so good. Um, yeah. You can't. Fuck off. We're full. <laughs> and that's the most respectful thing an Australian can say to you, rather. That's right. Yeah. Unfortunately, Riley committed a crime while he was here and he's being transported back. <laughs> I've inverted it. Off to England with you. No, please. Anything but that. Yeah, sadly, like being a podcaster doesn't like really fare well on the point system. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. Uh, I, I've applied for a job with Bob Catter. Is that, <laughs> that's some cheap heat right there. Mm. Uh, so, uh, can just just for context, if you were also here last night, can you give me a whoop or a cheer? Okay, you know what? Good. <laughs> Great whoop. That's, that's embarrassing for that one person. <laughs> Unless it's uh, Jathan Sadowski of This Machine Kills, who we did just walk in yesterday. Uh, so, uh, then if you haven't... Um, been here last night, and you haven't necessarily been keeping up with the podcast, then I guess you're a Fairweather fan. Uh, but you may note uh, that we have, while in Australia, have discovered a new segment of Australian excellence. Things because I, I, Riley, uh, hello, have been reading your local news and letters to the editor and comment sections. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. We've been reading the things written on the pie box in the casino. <laughs> um, and we have had such wonderful stories as um, gender reveal hoon charged with 260 offenses. <laughs> that was in Victoria, so you can be proud. <laughs> um, and we also, we also had like lots of other fun hooning, mostly hooning, uh, neighbors from hell, these kinds of things. Um, one, I have a very short hooning one today, uh, and this is in Victoria, uh, which is a Hyundai Getz, uh, G-E-T-Z. Yeah, I see Matt, some people Matt's in the audience. Matt's brother. 
a Hyundai Getz has been issued with a defect notice. Uh, sorry, has been issued with multiple defect notice. Says after the police alleged the vehicle was fitted with <laughs> a PlayStation controller instead of a steering wheel. <laughs> Uh, but the but the driver did offer the highway patrol an excellent meat pie, the, the sort of hot rack he has on the uh, on the dashboard. Being being arrested because your ride wasn't pimped enough. <laughs> the PlayStation goes in the back. This, that's a fucking PlayStation con- Two controller. What are you a loser? You got to upgrade, mate. Is that even Jewel Shock? Uh, and I just, I just really loved that one. Uh, also, it was fun. That was the article, or sorry, an, an article that I found just after that one, uh, which was an interview with a recently released Hoon, uh, which contained, <laughs> contained that when they, they so the press in Australia seemed terrible, um, and because he was like, I don't know, they arrested me for just looking like I do near a store that got robbed. I didn't rob the store. They were like, Oh, you, you're sorry for robbing the store. <laughs> he was like, I didn't rob the store. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, you're going you're gonna to drive off in that thing? And he was like, I'm a hoon. What do you expect me to do? <laughs> I'll apologize, but I won't take off my glasses. <laughs> um, and that was the, that's really not the focus, though. The focus for me of that article was that um, an image posted on TikTok reproduced in the article, which just had the text, top text, skid where you like, kings, bottom text, jail is temporary. <laughs> That's right. Uh, legally, jail is temporary for most things. <laughs> not for everything. Be careful. <laughs> um, Do not smuggle cocaine to Indonesia. I know you guys are into that. <laughs> they love how, it. How long was he in for Hoonan? What was I, his Hoonan sentence? Uh, I think he was he was in because he was accused of robbing a store, uh, and he was just held overnight and then let out, and then the the, the press were hassling him. Oh, I see. Right. He yeah. was a suspected hoon. Yeah, yeah. Not right. like the gender reveal hoon. No, okay, right. Oh, no, no. Confirmed hoon. Yeah. <laughs> Aiding and abetting a hoon. Look, look, I had a little bit of Australian excellence, but I have a quite a bit of, I'm afraid, Australian not excellence. Um, uh. Now, the thing is, I think most of you in the audience are going to know about this. My co-hosts won't, and the people listening back home in Britain won't. Um, and so this is a little bit for them, but I discovered what is essentially a, a very TF story that has been kind of in headlines in Australia, uh, which is, are, are any of you on stage familiar with, uh, don't spoil it, you in the audience, <laughs> are any of you on stage familiar with Red Group? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds hot. <laughs> it's like the Blue Man Group, but hotter. Um, I just had an, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> is, is oh, it the boo. rebrand of the Communist Party of Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're uh, doing a digital marketing agency now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, Making he, your he, own fun in that segment <laughs> of the crowd. <laughs> you don't need to be here at all. You could be at home having this kind of fun. You could, you could have saved the money. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, you're first against the wall, no, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's never happening. Um, <laughs> okay, so Red Group is, and this is from their website. Red Group is a Melbourne-based consulting and recycling organization who has developed, I hear a few more moans of recognition, 
who has developed and implemented the Red Cycle Program, a recovery mm. initiative for post-consumer soft plastic. They're trying to professionalize the bin man, the noble, <laughs> the noble work of the bin man. Yeah. I was, I was saying uh, to Tom that I was very impressed by how well dressed all the Australian bin men have been that I've seen. <laughs> like they've got really good drip, and yeah, I, I, I don't like. I, I want their like, yeah, they, their nobility needs to be respected. I'm very much against this. So this is going to be half the stuff I have prepared, and half just us being like, man, Australia was great. <laughs> uh, you know, so. We have, and this was several years ago, mm-hmm. uh, teamed up with Coles, Woolworths, other of most Australia's most loved brands to make it easy for you to keep your soft plastic packaging out of the landfill. It is a true product stewardship model where manufacturers, retailers, and consumers are sharing responsibility and creating a sustainable future. And I'm sure it works. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Good Future. Yeah. Uh, where we review companies that have done the thing <laughs> that they set out to do and everyone's happy. Yeah, yeah. Most of all the investors. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's the Bizarro World podcast. This is insane. Yeah, well, we're upside gonna... down right now, aren't we? <laughs> so, so uh, any of you on stage, have you been following what has happened with this particular organization? Nope. It was quite the to-do, yes. People were betrayed. One of the greatest Australian values is effective recycling that we're all very much invested in. <laughs> We we always separate all the shit, and whenever a council introduces a new bin, we in no way call them cunts. <laughs> well, propose... cunts brackets respectful. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's just what you call your mate, as I understand it. Ah, <laughs> oh, cunt boxes in the recycling ba- mm-hmm. uh, bag. I'm really friendly with the local council. So is it going to be something like it's not going to landfill because it's going to Nauru to be incinerated with diesel fuel or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> So. power electricity or something like <laughs> hey, that. those kids need toys. <laughs> so, so, instead of being taken to companies to use the plastic to make other items, which is what you would mm. sort of expect, uh, apparently for the better part of a year, they have just been taking every plastic bag in Australia and putting it in a series of big warehouses. <laughs> oh, this is never going to be a problem. We can pretty much keep doing this indefinitely. <laughs> What do you got in that warehouse, mate? Ah, nothing. <laughs> Can I see? No. <laughs> Can I put something in there? Ah, uh, what, no. What's all that rustling in there? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, so apparently uh, what has happened is that their process basically stopped working. Uh-huh. Uh, that implies that it worked. <laughs> yeah. Did it ever work to begin with? Uh, I think it, it's one of these things that works only if everything else goes perfectly, kind of like um, like a just-in-time supply chain. The moment uh. something else goes wrong, then immediately, just like that, overnight, 30 giant warehouses filled with plastic bags, um, which apparently can just explode. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if you, if yeah. someone hoons near that warehouse... Oh. <laughs> Oh, boy. Mate, do not hoon by that warehouse. Nice. If you value your 2001 Ford Falcon, do not hoon by that <laughs> warehouse. <laughs> they don't value it. They're hoons. <laughs> don't threaten these people with a good time. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you mean my Holden Commodore was damaged? Uh, so, the Melbourne-based company, which claims to collect up to 5 million plastic items a day, that's how many items are just going into warehouses that are now basically ticking time bombs. <laughs> Great. Um, that, uh, but that, that was um, uh, uh, governments, uh, uh, other companies, and so on. Everyone promoted this thing. Turned out it didn't work. And then uh, they just didn't say anything for months. 
when you said that it did work, like it worked because you put they put it in the Large Hadron Collider once and that caused it to burn and they're like, all right, as long as we can replicate these circumstances, it'll be fine. Something like that or is it like a, I don't know, like a digestive process or something like that? How is it supposed to work? Uh, oh, well, it's supposed to work where like you, you just, they need lots and lots of people doing lots and lots of labor and burning lots and lots of energy from coal uh, to keep this recycling process going. It's almost as though all of these little uh, things that we like so much about neoliberal capitalism really just can't work at all. <laughs> there is no Aww. little magic process that you can put in place to make it all fine. Crazy. Sorry, I thought this was good future. <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, really bringing the tone down. What's, what is very funny, though, is that the CEO of the company that, again, turns out to have been lying for a while, uh, sort of played a bit of a victim when confronted about it, uh, stating that the material is being stored by the company, quote, at great personal expense. <laughs> It's really hard when your recycling system doesn't work. <laughs> Do you know how much we're spending on warehouses and anti-rustling devices? <laughs> all, he, all he's thinking about is the warehouses filled with plastic bags. His wife like doesn't even know who he is anymore. <laughs> so she's, um, so she's a shell of a man. The CEO is a lady. Oh. I lost my kids in the bags, okay? <laughs> <laughs> They're in there somewhere! <laughs> All, Great personal all, expense! All she, the kids suffocated. <laughs> I should never have let them into that warehouse. She, she's, so, she's so fixated by plastic bags that she feels like a plastic bag floating in the wind. Um, oh, right. All of Australia gets to be American Beauty. Uh, this is, so this is just very funny. This is two bits of text from their website. Uh, mm. So... Uh, we collect more than 5.4 billion pieces of plastic that, quote, will never end up in landfill, beaches, or waterways because they're in warehouses. <laughs> as long as we keep paying our rent. <laughs> so that's right. We, we've had to implement a uh, red cycle tax to keep the rent on those warehouses paid. <laughs> that's Austrian economics, baby. Uh, we're excited to announce the plastic bag museum that we're now opening. <laughs> <laughs> when you can come and see the plastic bags. Yeah. Do Man. not drive there. <laughs> <laughs> I think an Austrian system would be storing them all in a basement. <laughs> hey, there you go. Which might be underground, but it's not technically landfill. <laughs> As they say. Don't ask me what else is in the basement. <laughs> so, and, and this is on the same page. They say, we'll never end up in a landfill, beaches, or waterways. They now say as an addendum to that, Please dispose of your soft plastics in a landfill. <laughs> we can't take anymore. <laughs> and just you like people are swine. <laughs> when will it end? I just the funny the, the fun thing is right. I am right. I'm from vis a vis your Brendan from earlier. I am reminded a bit of FTX. Right mm. where what happened was they started losing money in their hedge fund. And they were like, okay, we're just going to use a few customer deposits at our exchange, just cover those losses, and it's fine. It'll be normal. It'll all get back to normal soon. And I feel like if your plastic bag recycle, and obviously it crashed and burned and fell apart, and if your plastic bag recycling company just rents a little bit of warehouse space just to put the plastic bags until we can find a way to recycle them, it's kind of the same thing, but much <laughs> stupider. <laughs> you know, before you know it, you know, either... You know, your polycule is under indictment in the Southern District of New York. Um, or you've got four Amazon fulfillment where, uh, centers worth of Kohl's bags you're just hoping don't explode. I mean, that being said, though, if, if someone doing a sick burnout could cause your polycule to explode, that would at least... That would get me on the side of polyamory a little bit more. 
<laughs> you get to go to polyamory Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-polyamory hoons just ruining people's private lives. Uh, you <laughs> soldiers of justice. You, uh, get, you get 72 people who are sort of spiritually virgins, but it, <laughs> it's like not technically, but... So look, folks, I've got a startup for us, and this one's Woo-hoo, real yeah. annoying. Uh, it's called Virtually Human Studio. It's, oh, I hate it already. It's, <laughs> it's, Can it's, I leave? <laughs> its main product is something called Zed Run, and I'm afraid it's an Australian company. <laughs> yeah, the second Australian company we've talked about on the tour. Uh, so, starting from Milo, going to Nate, Virtually Human Studio... We can just assume that they are a company that makes things, right? Fine. Sure. Uh, let's guess Zed Run. Um, well, so going off the basis of the original uh, name of the company, I feel as though maybe they're making some kind of um, sex doll for Zoomers. <laughs> no. Zed Run, you say? Zed Run. Virtually Human Studio. I'll give you another hint. Please. It's connected to something that all of Australia seems deeply in hock to. Coffee? <laughs> Racism? <laughs> <laughs> These races are virtually human. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, that ra- can't be the first applause break yeah. of the show. That's <laughs> the, the rare groan and applause break. <laughs> ah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Polarizing comedian Tom Ballard. <laughs> but polarizing the same people. <laughs> Polarize, yeah, one person. Oh, my face is groaning, but my hands are clapping. Ah, <laughs> uh, the duality of men. <laughs> mm. um, wasn't Zed a cool DJ who died? No, that's Avicii. I think Zed's. <laughs> I think Zed. Zed's. I mean, Zed's, You're right. I got Zed confused with Zed, Avicii. Zed, Zed, Zed's very much alive and doing crypto conferences. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So he should be dead. Okay. I mean, also, you know, that, I mean, a cool DJ. I think he makes sort of like house, so not cool. Okay. Yeah. Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> Um, all right, it's a program where you watch that DJ run. <laughs> uh, you do watch something run. Ooh. Just oh. not that DJ, and it is connected to crypto. Okay, so I'm going off the basis of the fact that it's an Australian company. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a game where uh, Z, Z, a character Z runs and is running from various swooping birds. <laughs> <laughs> They love the swooping bird material. We're going to go back to London, do a live show, and be like, hey, who got hit by a swooping bird? It's nothing. <laughs> Empty crickets. <laughs> We're going to keep doing it until you become more Australian. Anyone here destroyed a 1996 Holden Commodore? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, getting up on stage in London being so hooning, am I right? <laughs> uh, Nate, Zed Run. They've made a Nissan 350Z, but it's coal-powered. <laughs> yeah, baby. All claps, no groans. Nate's on the leaderboard. Well, I never There's considered hooning before, but... <laughs> uh, so, Virtually Human Studio develops cutting-edge immersive experiences in Web3, a thing that totally is still around. <laughs> It's funny, mm. I, 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 um, I, I was looking at Instagram, and I got an ad on, on Instagram that I just kept up, which is uh, from Entrepreneur Magazine, because you know I need to keep following the content. Mm. It's like, what five jobs could you get in the metaverse? <laughs> Seven warehouses you could keep plastic bags in. 
I'm actually going to bring that up for us now because it was just very funny. So five metaverse jobs that could make you rich. Uh, again, have you looked at uh, the economy? Probably not. Yeah. Money's Number not one, inventing legs. <laughs> and one was a <laughs> virtual real estate agent. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you got to... You gotta have the virtual liveried Mini Cooper. The you... virtual ill-fitting suit. Oh, so yeah. Is that, is that a thing with you guys? Do estate agents have bad suits? Yeah, yes. Yeah. We found a crossover. Purple tie, huge knot. Uh, yeah. Uh, Virtually does... saying stairs up to the bedroom. <laughs> Virtually knocking off at six to have some lines and clap them. Uh, mm. <laughs> you guys all live there in London. Um, uh, no, so MetaReal Agent, with Metaverse property sales topping more than $500 million in 2021, <laughs> it's no surprise that becoming a real estate agent is one of the best ways to make money in the Metaverse. What did they do in 2022? Shouldn't you have to pay fucking rent in the Metaverse? Yo, yeah, yes. You have to rent in there? Yeah. Well, where do you keep all the imaginary plastic bags? <laughs> well, indeed! <laughs> In fact, That's right. renting in the metaverse does play into what this startup does. Uh, another Shouldn't one. Shouldn't they call it fake estate age? <laughs> An- another, another fun one. He'll fuck you. <laughs> Is there another way I can pay the rent on this warehouse? <laughs> Believe me, I can bag it. Uh, <laughs> mm. Thank you. Uh, connector with more than nine and a half million gaming developers on Roblox. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. No, none of these words are in the Quran. There's yeah. no, sh- <laughs> there's no shortage. I only, I only, I only really hear of Roblox when you have a story in the news, which is just like another kid got groomed in Roblox. Well, this is the job making it safer than Britain. <laughs> this is, uh, this is, this is the job description for a connector. Uh, there's no shortage of creators who need help with funding to create and launch a game. So you could be a real estate agent, a money lender. Uh, you could be a trader of 3D gaming assets. <laughs> or a Metfluencer. Uh, uh, that's guys yeah. who are on fishing talk. I don't it's, know if it's, you... it's just wild because the first one is, sounds like you're a real estate agent selling properties in The Sims, and that's the realest sounding one of all the ones you've described. <laughs> What I'm confused about with the job title Netfluencer is it's presumably a portmanteau of influencer and internet. No, Metfluencer. Metaverse Met- and oh. influencer. But influencers are already on the internet. Yeah, but not on this internet. This internet's fake. I've got a... <laughs> I would post a picture of my ass, but I have no legs! <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a brief... Uh, a brief uh, 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 Kill uh, me! <laughs> a brief, that was a brief my little diversion. My life is the hell my own that was a brief divert. No, not your own making. Zuckerberg took your legs. That was a what brief is he diversion. Doing with all those legs, keeping them in a big warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> we're, on the, we're on the same page here, Tom. You hey! and I. Uh, so, Virtually Human Studios is developing cutting-edge immersive experiences in Web3 with an endless wave of technological breakthroughs, I'm sure, achieved delivering products into your hands. Mm. Our objective is clear. Remove the barriers and pull the metaverse within reach. We broke into the metaverse with Zed Run and are increasing our velocity with our latest title, The Human Park. <laughs> you, you've heard of the dog park. Well, what if people were allowed in? Activate human park. Initiate fulfilling memories. Do joy now. 
So that's right. Zed Run is their main product. It fuses. Well, what is the human park? Well, I, I'm getting to it. Oh, you're getting to it. I'm don't sorry. worry. Okay. Human park comes next. How fucked is this company that you're brushing past human park? <laughs> So I apologize. It fuses media, esports, and live streaming 24-7, and that delivers horse racing like never before. <laughs> I, I love it. I, <laughs> I fucking simmer down. Wait, <laughs> I love how you could not have predicted any subsequent word in that sentence from the word that came before. Horse racing. Yeah, well, so how it works is... Well, sorry, presumably in the metaverse, the horses don't have legs, so they can't break them <laughs> and be shot in the face. It's so kind of like snakes. <laughs> so, using NFTs, we are making horse racing resonate with a younger audience and providing a more accessible route to horse ownership. <laughs> Guys, imagine if you lived in sports bet. <laughs> So You could be Metaverse John McCrerick. That's so, exciting. So a brief description of how it works is this. Uh, uh, they, Zed Run has a bunch of NFTs you can buy. And uh-huh. those NFTs have characteristics like any NFT would. Ape. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, like, just like... Horny uh, the, ape. Just like the, like the apes have like the background color and whether they're making the pussy-eating gesture or the shutter shades. Right? All of that's just in the code and expresses, expresses itself through like that way. Uh, the horse NFTs similarly have different characteristics and you, know, you can breed them and run them and so on. Um, none of them have legs. Yeah. That's and then, the one like, characteristic you can't change. And then you can watch the horse race happen and bet on it and win money and stuff. Yeah, like I said, it's in in an related to an industry to which Australia appears to be deeply in hawk. In Brisbane, they built a new bridge that just goes into a casino. <laughs> For the meat pies. So this is from the um, ominously named horse racing website, bloodhorse.com. <laughs> Many horses will enter. Only one will leave. Um, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Blood horse. Welcome to the blood horse. <laughs> Losing horses will be fed to the French. <laughs> um Zed Run users initially come into our ecosystem without much knowledge of horse racing. After a while, uh, we think they'll begin to have an appetite and go experience a real horse race down at the track. So, what if we could onboard more Australians to gambling? <laughs> go touch grass and, and have a flutter. <laughs> so, mm. so you're, basically, if you can use like your computer to own a legless horse that looks like it's rendered in a GameCube game, that'll make people want to go and actually watch real horses? Uh, you were actually very, very prescient to say it looks like it was rendered in a GameCube game. It looks like shit. <laughs> it's awful. I, w- I went on Twitch and I watched a, a Zed Run horse race for you. <laughs> Low polygon count, slug-like horses just slithering across the field. No legs to be seen. I presume GameCube is very appropriate because these horses can only move like Metroid Prime. <laughs> so uh, so this, is, this is further from Blood Horse. Uh, horse racing is extremely popular down under, and the CEO got the idea for Zed Run one night while picking up some takeaway. He saw a newspaper ad offering... This horse is delicious! <laughs> he, saw, he saw a newspaper ad offering a racehorse for $15,000. Upon closer inspection, however, he realized the price represented only the horse's stud fee. So he did what any true Australian uh, CEO would do, realize there was gambling to be done, create some low poly count horses, and then, you know, sell them for uh, more than that still. <laughs> uh, so more than $30 million worth of racehorse NFTs have been sold by Zed Run to date. 
Oh, boy. Prices for the digital racehorses start at $130, back when this article was written, uh, and range up to $45,000, back when this article was written. Uh, and users pay uh, like up to $100 to enter a race, and then Zedron takes a cut, and then the winner takes home the rest of the prize. Um, and the company has... There are a- no winners in this, right, Little. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loses. That's right. So the and uh, our one of our favorite uh, stu- ever since SoftBank basically like went belly up. I found Andreessen Horowitz is the place to find stupid companies. Uh, mm-hmm. Boy, did they invest in them. Uh, <laughs> and let's see. What I find very funny as well, right, is that especially now that uh, pretty much everybody who is in crypto has lost enormous amounts of money, except like the one guy in charge of Binance, is just looking back at all of the fr- just ridiculously irresponsible like crypto promotion that where like the mainstream media just talks to one guy who owns a blockchain thing and are like, what an opportunity to get into racehorses if you're like, don't have a lot of money. And then all of these people, because they just get like basically tricked on a second order by a journalist who got tricked by a, um, a flim flam man then you know gets all fucked up so I know that's not like usual live show shit but I'm very angry about it <laughs> but also bears mentioned that at the top of this food chain is Mark Andreessen a man with the pointiest head known of all humankind and so like there's no way to look at anything he does without seeing villainy and that you also you're reading from an article in a magazine called Blood Horse so it's just a, there's this element of it where you just imagine him kind of lording over saying behold the dark one has come well um, Ma- Mark Andreessen is very invested in there being a lot of horses because if he ever falls off that wall and needs putting back together again, <laughs> all the king's men might not be enough. So much he I, looks like Humpty Dumpty. If you don't, if you not see no, Mark Andreessen, so he I, didn't. He never looked normal, but once he went bald, it was very obvious. His head looks like a traffic cone. Like it's it's genuinely disconcerting. Uh, he actually invented VLC media play. <laughs> <laughs> so, thing is right. I didn't actually find this startup, if you can believe it, in Blood Horse. I found it in the Sydney Morning Herald, just having its claims just repeated. Mm. Did uh, it link to Blood Horse? Because there's a part of me that's like, if I was browsing a regular news site and it linked to an article in a magazine called Blood Horse, I would just be like, what am I going to find when I click on this? Uh, it's just part of my part of my process. Riley was uh, just using, <laughs> opening up his weekly copy of Blood Horse magazine. <laughs> I don't suppose I'll find anything for the show in Blood Horse. <laughs> This is just for me. (laughs) This is Riley's time. (laughs) I just read Blood Horse for the articles. Yeah. (laughs) With the fold out, like nothing. (laughs) So, Virtually Human Studios plans to develop the Zed Run game so that uh, player it can expand beyond horse racing, and players can play to go to work in professions such as stable owner, racetrack owner, breeder, accessory designer, and more. Breed it. The breeder, yeah. You got like you have to buy like the PlayStation controller that's like the big fake horse's ass. <laughs> I'm just imagining just smashing the Mad Cat's pad like you're in Metal Gear Solid to try to make the horses fuck faster in the metaverse. <laughs> I just it's a great I lo- way to get into the horse racing industry. I, I do I do just love that like every time like a metaverse crypto guy does anything, they're like, we've invented jobs again. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, they're adding functionality that will allow you to rent a horse. So you can uh. basically get in debt to someone else for gambling with crypto. You can also be a horse landlord or, uh, by extension, a, a horse real estate agent. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I, know, I know what you all want, though. You want to know about Human Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, Chris Laurent, the founder of the popular digital horse racing game Zed Run, envisions a future where, <laughs> where people will spend their free time developing their own unique narratives within the metaverse, which is a sentence that means quite a bit. Um, mm. The virtual world Human Park will contain a mix of gaming, entertainment, and social experiences. Right. He says... Yeah. My perception of the metaverse isn't just a meeting of people. It's coming home after work and not turning on Netflix, but seeing what happens to yourself and your friends in some type of storyline that is flexible. Uh, Was this written by an AI? <laughs> <laughs> no, just a uh, not very I. Um, say. Yeah, fucking TF roast in the world here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Back in my day, me and my friends used to go out uh, and have flexible storylines, and now kids are just on their smartphone. <laughs> so what if we leaned into that and gave them a flexible storyline on their smartphones? So mm. what you they might still be asking quite reasonably, the fuck is Human Park? Well, what we happened is a mosquito bit a human years ago, and they extracted <laughs> yeah. the DNA. It was trapped in amber, you see. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Dinosaur Jeff Goldblum going, my God, you did it. <laughs> and there's just like a fat guy called Gary over there. The Millwall tattoo on the back. We've it's majestic. <laughs> <laughs> life finds a way. <laughs> um, Nate, for when you edit that, probably make Second Life Finds a Way the title. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we've There's built- no one in the audience. We can put edit notes whenever we want. <laughs> That's okay. That's right. mm. uh, Nate, cut that. Uh, <laughs> we've, um, we've built Human Park to become more than just a gaming experience, but also a platform for digital ownership to flourish. Uh-huh. You can own another human. Oh, my God. Is it- <laughs> <laughs> we did oh, it! We disrupted and we innovated <laughs> slavery once again. Uh this goes beyond. Awesome. This goes beyond. That, that, that isn't actually what they're doing. I'm sorry. Uh, this goes beyond. Uh, this goes beyond one single game. It's the beginning of blended experiences and unforgettable stories told by your community. Again, no community has ever told an unforgettable story before. Uh, in the near future, you will be able to take your central avatar in the platform <laughs> called a nude. <laughs> I'm listening. And experience all kinds of world games and entertainment experiences. Without your clothes on. <laughs> we are storytellers at heart, so we're here to empower players to tell their own stories. Uh, and what it actually is, is it is, you're, you correctly say it is Second Life, um, but it has like themed seasons like Fortnite. Uh, so uh-huh. what if Second Life had like the most inconsequential part of Fortnite attached to it and was Australian? <laughs> Uh, and and is related to a horse NFT somehow. And, you know, and got the money to start it from the horse NFT. Yeah. Uh, so it's a decent. And the, what they basically say is, look, we're building a game where if you make an NFT hat, uh, that you can take it to a different game and wear it as a hat there. We would like millions of dollars, please. Um <laughs> uh, and again, like just trying to not make NFT trousers, though, because yeah. that's not gonna <laughs> that's not gonna work. Uh, so the elements are uh, nudes, 
of course. Yeah, classic. Uh, a blank slate, completely uninfluenced by the greater world. I cannot believe that this dumb motherfucker got paid millions of dollars by Andreessen Horowitz to be like, hmm, I'm going to create a nude, which is a blank slate, uninfluenced by the greater world. Yeah, his, this man's mind is a blank slate that's not been, <laughs> not been influenced by the greater world. As a he nude, should be studied by science. As, as a nude, you have the opportunity to choose your identity from the beginning. Tattoos. <laughs> Okay. Mm -hmm. The first identity options for the humans of the park. <laughs> you can show your loyalty to a cause or a sign of rebellion against those who would buy and sell identities. So I can go get. I can go it's get a tattoo. It's the Hindu one. It's. The <laughs> I can get a tattoo that says "Hoons for Justice." Yeah. If you really like my screen name that much, you can get it tattooed on yourself. <laughs> can you hoon in the metaverse? Have we established this. Uh, well, we'd have to build a metaverse game where you, we could we could build a metaverse game where you hoon, and the NFTs are terrible cars. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to take my 1996 Holden Commodore into Fortnite. Why can't I take my 1996 Holden Commodore NFT into Fortnite? It costs th hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the identities. The legends of the park who help nudes piece together who they want to be. <laughs> it's basically a, a very, very strange way of saying Second Life, where you have a character without a face that you can put tattoos on, where the main selling point is, and f don't forget, they were paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to make this. And again, written up with constant just like slob job pieces in like, like the Sydney Morning Herald and stuff. The main thing about it is that if you paid... Uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars for an NFT of a hat, you can wear it here. Cool. In the human park. In the human park, yes. With all of your friends where you're going to create stories together, but mostly it's about a way to wear the hat. Mostly. But tattoos as well. Um, yeah, and tattoos, you of course. you have to pay for each new identity bit? You know, the, here's the thing. This is, uh, it might shock you to know that this is, uh, doesn't exist yet. <laughs> <laughs> How many, how many hats and tattoos you have to have to be a legend of the park? Because, <laughs> like, when you know, I when you grow up in Britain, I don't know whether this is true in Australia, but like, you know, if you grew up in a small town in Britain and there was like one park, there would be like legends of the park, and they would like have like the worst weed you could smoke ever, um, and it would all so yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. Really. <laughs> it's like, You know what? Sometimes they would be, <laughs> and they drove Nissan Micras. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nonce in Davey parkoured over right. a bus shelter once. Crucially. <laughs> The, the difference is they drive the Nissan Micras responsibly. That's one of the problems. I can't, I can't fuck up me micro. I've got to go and pick up the kids from school. No, not my kids, no. <laughs> Bus services around here are terrible. It's austerity, innit? Um, so look, that's, uh, that's virtually Human Studio Zed Run and Human Park. Without hardworking pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> The backbone of Britain's transport system. <laughs> it really Children would never get from school to McDonald's. I, you know, it, it really sucks that they are. Uh, but there's a, I have a new, a new segment. I'm debuting a new segment mm. right now. And, uh, Tom, has been, <laughs> Tom, Tom, Tom has been... Tom has been um, very helpful in helping with this segment that I'm just calling uh, the cooked units of the papers. <laughs> There. For, for the final 20 or so minutes of the tour, 
uh, or at least a, a bit of the tour where I'm on. Um, I don't have object permanence. I assume that this will go away when I'm gone. Um, when he's gone, it's going to get sick. <laughs> oh, thank you, Aiden. We can say anything. <laughs> we don't have, we're not in note prison. Yeah. Um, Tom's going to help us uh, learn a little bit about the history of some of the most cooked columnists in Australia. Mm. Uh, I also, if we have time, have found a Joe Hildebrand article. <laughs> I think Hildebrand's emerging as a new one, but I do, yes, I've got some, a few cooked units, <laughs> as you say, that I thought might interest um, uh, the good people of Trash Future. Uh, kicked off, I mean, there are, yeah, a bunch of dumb cunts writing <laughs> throughout mainly the Murdoch media, um, and I thought I'd run them by y'all. Greg Sheridan heads, we got any Greg Sheridan people in the room? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Where my chaises at? <laughs> mm. Greg Sheridan is the foreign affairs writer at the Australian, uh, the big mm. um, uh, Murdoch uh, broadsheet. Oh, I'm sure he's got some real normal opinions. Let's oh, hear him. he's always right, and that's I think that's the best thing. He's both both correct. Um, he's the most influential foreign affairs analyst in Australian journalism, which is um, a huge title. A man who once wrote, "I love Australia because of all the nations on earth, it's mine." <laughs> <laughs> Well, he has really gone to the nub of it there. Hasn't yeah, it? <laughs> seems to that seems to could be construed as damning with faint praise. <laughs> of all the nations in the world, it's the one that's here, right here. <laughs> I feel about it exactly as I feel about my family. Of all the families in the world, God chose this one for me to be part of and look after. <laughs> of all the families in the world, of all the the wives in the world, you're here. <laughs> You're the most here of any of them. Yes. Turning to your wife in the night and going, you're nearer than any other woman. <laughs> I feel I'm... so close to you, literally. I... I have to love you. God says so. Yeah. That's right. There's nowhere else I'd rather be because that's I'm in far. Clean <laughs> because it could be annoying to get to. You'll do. Would it surprise you to know, even though he's the most influential foreign affairs analyst in Australian journalism, mm -hmm. Greg Sheridan had a few whoopsies when it came to the Iraq war. No. Oh. No. I, I, I mean, everyone in Britain who had a few whoopsies when it came to the Iraq war, none of them just sort of have continued yeah. having influential positions in journalism and pretended nothing happened. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. He's still working. March 2003, Greg Sheridan wrote, Today the enemy is clear. It is not the Iraqi people. It is Saddam Hussein's cruel and murderous regime, its deadly weapons of mass destruction, and the support it gives to international terrorism. All war is terrible and should be treated with reverence and awe. What? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> because it involves the disposition of human beings. But some uh -huh. wars are necessary. <laughs> they are not only just, but constitute the lesser evil of all available alternatives. Uh, that's just, I'm I'm sure glad he still has an opinion. Also, is is he a Mithridatist? <laughs> well, he's taking little bits of poison. <laughs> it's not my favorite war, but it is the nearest. <laughs> Look, what other wa what other war could we reasonably declare right now? <laughs> Malaysia. Don't be stupid. <laughs> So that was March 2003. So, you know, when you're ginning up, you get excited for the war. Uh, March 2004. The Iraq invasion is going to be judged on its results. Yep. Yep. <laughs> sure it will be. Yeah. Yes, it will. <laughs> Only specialists will worry about its legitimacy if the... <laughs> Ooh. If the outcome is a stable Iraq that represents its citizens' human rights much better than Saddam if. did. <laughs> that could be the biggest if in journalist history. <laughs> I think I think that that if might be like um, uh, 
the biggest load bearing <laughs> word. <laughs> Uh, March 2006, the Iraq war was the right war against the right enemy at the right time and waged for broadly the right reasons. <laughs> uh-huh. Broadly. Broadly. <laughs> did, you, did you notice the broadly sneaking in there? Yeah. He was a lot more confident in 03 and 04. <laughs> there is no need to apologise about it. George Bush, Tony Blair and John Howard deserve praise for their courage. The coalition soldiers overall have performed magnificently. Overall. Overall. <laughs> overall, broadly. <laughs> For all these big, so that's Greg, and Greg loves the F thirty five fighter jet. I'm not sure if you've oh, one of the, this. just oh. one of the best. I mean, in terms of um, a piece of anti colonial technology, yes, Sharon <laughs> 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 is very passionate about decolonization. That's for sure. It's, it's, it's very funny, by the way, that um, Canada looked at the experience of Australia with the F thirty five and was like, "We'll take a hundred." <laughs> We right never learn. There. What well, are we going to do? Not buy it? <laughs> it <laughs> we'll have an F-35, eh? Mm. Um, That's oh. exactly what we said. Struth, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, if Greg had his way, we'd have a million F-35s, Milo. Fantastic. We'd be hooning in an F-35. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hooning in the sky, really, when you think about it. It's a great hooning vehicle. They're very easy to destroy. <laughs> Much more dangerous. The sort of operative principle here is that it's a piece of shit that you crash and drive very poorly. So it's like... <laughs> No, I don't know if a 1996 Holden Commodore has like downloadable content you have to buy to stop from crashing because your helmet doesn't display things, but uh, we hadn't invented that yet. <laughs> Police have chased a Gold Coast man who's doing burnouts in an F-35. <laughs> <laughs> Tragically, they were unable to recover his body from the scene. Morton Bay District Council bringing a new policy about F-35s. An F-35 gender reveal has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> Uh, this is Greg Sheridan in 2013. I met my first F-35 in a hangar at Fort Worth. <laughs> I remember my first. <laughs> I never thought this would happen to me. <laughs> Though I will see them in is full it, flight. He misread read Reddit and he thinks it's 35F. <laughs> is that a- Though I will see them in full flight at Eglin Air Force Base in the Florida Panhandle a few days later, this first meeting is a powerful encounter. Gunmetal uh-huh. Grey, the F-35, looks like some giant bird of prey from the dinosaur age. Its wings half... <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? It's too much. We don't have time. We need to keep moving. Its wings half-folded back in an arrogant pose of cruising and diving. Like, is, a, like an angered It's the swooping bird. <laughs> It is supremely self-contained. 8,000 kilograms of fuel, several thousand kilograms of weapons, all tucked quietly inside. He's doing like Marie Kondo shit for a fighter plane. <laughs> it's so tidy. <laughs> and so, like, did, did they have to pull him off of it? Like, what <laughs> He's just kissing it? <laughs> he did fuck the jet. Well, I mean, <laughs> buddy, they won't even let me fuck it. <laughs> the next line is, I touched the wings. <laughs> With their mysterious coatings and cannot believe how slim and light they are. <laughs> Though they are made of titanium. At every point, this plane is a work of style and grace. The Raptor is the king of fighter aircraft, but the F-35 will be the prince. Anyway, uh, this, the, new title in, the, the, the new title of his memoir, which is I've Nonced a Fighter Plane, <laughs> available on Audible shortly. It's so horny. Very horny. 
And then in April 2014, he wrote, If I believed in reincarnation, I think I'd like to come back as a joint strike fighter. (laughs) That's just something Ralph Wiggum would say. (laughs) I want to be a plane. Uh, That's good shit. Finally, Greg Sheridan, on the 7th of November 2016, he wrote, You can take it to the bank. The American election is effectively over. Clinton has won. Trump, Trump cannot pull off victory from here. The The pathetic Greg Sheridan keeps... (laughs) He's talking me down in the failing Australian newspaper. Man, he wants to fuck a plane. Look, they don't don't want me to say it. They don't want me to say it, but he's he's horny for a plane. No pussy Greg Sheridan. (laughs) He wants to fuck the plane. Like he would probably say the American plane, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I've got to get, get, get the share this one. I think you'll enjoy this. This okay. is Prue Goward. Oh. Um, By your reaction, I know we're in for something. <laughs> yeah, this was at all time of last year in October uh, 2021. Prue Goward is a former liberal New South Wales government minister, sex discrimination commissioner, and the professor of social interventions and policy at Western Sydney University. Now, just keep that in mind as you read this piece. This was titled, Why You Shouldn't Underestimate the Underclass. They are damaged, lacking in trust and discipline, and highly self-interested. But the poor are still a force that Australia needs to properly harness. They keep destroying cars. As though though everyone... As though everyone who doesn't live, like, immediately on Bondi Beach is some kind of Morlock? Yeah! (laughs) We gotta rig them up. We could get them uh, polishing up our F-35s for our (laughs) horniest polymers to bust on. Get your hands off my girl! Now, uh, Prue's like really well read, so like there's a few references mm-hmm. here coming up that you guys might just. Um, if you have any this. questions, mm-hmm. let me know. If there is hope, it lies in the proles. So, <laughs> <laughs> so said one of the 20th century's greatest philosophers, thinly disguised as a novelist, George Orwell, in his spookily prescient work, 1984. <laughs> It took the whole tour, but we fucking got there. (laughs) I believe my lifelong fascination with the underclass began when I pondered... Oh, Jesus. She just (laughs) keeps saying it. When I pondered that declaration of independence against a futuristic form of government oppression, which has turned out to not be so futuristic. As a shopkeeper's daughter, I understood poor people. Uh, Well, like, she... She like had like a jeweler's loop. Like, what the fuck is she talking about? I'm I'm really sorry for writing this. I, <laughs> I thought it would be funnier than it is. <laughs> they obeyed the law, worked hard, sent their kids to the same primary schools I attended, and were equally ambitious for their children. But the underclass, small as it then was, behaved differently. Like the stoats and weasels of the wild wood. <laughs> like <laughs> the poor are. They're like a stoat or a weasel or. <laughs> Uh, a polecat or, or or even a mink. You can make a coat out of them. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> like the stones and weasel of the wildwood in the wind of the willows, yet another English children's book on the topic of class. They reject... <laughs> Wait, is she implying 1984 is a children's book? <laughs> sort of accidentally saying the quiet part loud there. They rejected the rules and lived by their own. They were to be feared and were, to use my mother's words, not very nice. So, so is, I think I can sort of piece together what actually happened here is that she's horrible and people aren't nice to her 
and then she says, well, this must be because of the economy. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think, yeah, everyone calls me a cunt. God, the poor, the poor are weird, aren't they? <laughs> it took Orwell to turn the noble Marxist proletariat into the proles. What? Okay. Uh-huh. What, what, what did he do? He just took off, like, the last couple of syllables? Like... <laughs> Since the 1950s, there has been a remarkable growth in the number of proles. The welfare state... I hate this person so much. I know. Check this shit out. The welfare state is not entirely to blame, as the world of Dickens attests. Government... (laughs) 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 Professor of Social Interventions at the Western Sydney Uni. What interventions does she favour? <laughs> Some kind of... Soil and green. I will say Bob it does Cratchit se- was given a goose and it turned him into a layabout. <laughs> we may have found the one person who's excited about the human park, though. <laughs> mm. We're going to get him on little wheels. Government agencies view them with alarm as huge cost centres. They are overrepresented in their use of government crisis services and are always the last to give up smoking, get their shots, and eat two servings of vegetables a day. What is she, the nation's terrible aunt? (laughs) I feel like it stopped being funny. No, sorry, Ronnie, that was a typo. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you're quick, you son of a bitch. That's why they pay me the medium bucks. Despite the billions of dollars governments invest in changing the lives of proles, their number increases. (laughs) She just keeps saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Their birth rates far outstrip those of... Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Triggered by the truth? This is not a safe space. (laughs) As another children's writer, Gregory Malthus, once said... Despite the billions of dollars, uh, their, their number increases. Their birth rates far upshift those of professional couple, couples, and they now a significant potential contributor but, to our workforce. But there's a limited number of professional jobs you can have in a single economy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> learn anything. Riley, listen, and you might learn something. <laughs> More management consultants. <laughs> but Orwell was right. Uh, Orwell? Orwell. Uh, The underclass... (laughs) I can't read. The underclass can smell a fake at 50 paces, distrust conceptual rhetoric, and cannot speak a word of news speak. The language of lies, made famous in Orwell's 1984. I like how she clarified that. Is this product placement? (laughs) Are they doing a reissue? They know what they want, and they see no reason why they should take notice of some man or woman in a suit when they get in their way. That's right. Yeah! (laughs) Fuck suits! The underclass is not always a happy place to be, and bumping into the rest of the world mostly does not go well. People with chronic mental illness, cognitive disabilities, and childhoods of trauma are mixed together in a sometimes brutal way. Usually called the newsroom of the Australian. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, yeah, they live in public housing blocks or caravan parks. Or human parks. (laughs) And this is... We're almost at the end, everyone. You've all done very well. And yet... I like them. <laughs> I I will commune with the swine. I will eat from their trough. I like them because they call us out. They are honestly self-interested, and you always know what they think. I know many. I know many of them. So many I clever. Know. So many of them have called her a cunt. <laughs> That's how you know in Australia if people like you. I assume anyway. <laughs> 
I know many of them. So many clever, actually very clever, kids and adults, although often damaged and almost entirely lacking discipline, trust in the system, trust oh. in anyone who represents the system. Like you, you dumb fuck! <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced we can do better to harness the force that the people of the underclass represent, perhaps by attaching them to harnesses. <laughs> we need to make it a focus on social policy, yada, yada, yada. So long as we keep looking at the billions of dollars they cost us, we will continue to dislike them, reject them, and write them off. Yet in an age when cultural hegemony is now as strong as it was 70 years ago, only different, never have we needed them more to challenge modern meekism. The child who cried, look at the king in the emperor's new clothes, was surely a member of the underclass. Oh my god. She would have got paid six figures to write that shit. <laughs> that's insane. And that's a cooked unit. Um, sorry. Wow. <laughs> Right here. Uh, so we have five minutes left. So uh, shall we, shall we finish off with uh, a little bit uh, hearing from possibly Joe Hildebrand? Yes. Now we're not. We can't do the whole article because there's a thing on after us. But we can do some of it. And you know what? The beginning of this article is much more fun. Uh, the t- the article by Joe Hildebrand. Uh, another guy, by the way, who basically, like, in 2016 was like, yeah, Hillary's got this, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, has, is entitled, Constant Shopping Trolley Vigilance is the Key to Lawn and Order. Lawn. Oh. Just, as, uh, just, just as the physical act of smiling actually improves your mood, you can bet that physically improving the appearance of our suburbs will boost people's pride in them. Yeah, you know where he's going with this. (laughs) When you grow up a poor boy, you're always a poor boy, no matter how much money you have. I think these two columnists could have talked to each other. Yeah! He's one of those underclass cunts. (laughs) Reading these two columns one after the other feels a lot like the song Escape by by Rupert Holmes, you know? The two people writing love letters to each other in the newspaper. And so... Do you hate poor people? Yes! (laughs) I do! And want to privatize the mail. Um, and so every week or so, I have a habit of driving a few extra kilometers to get the cheapest LPG I can for my mighty Falcon. Oh. <laughs> he's a hoon! <laughs> you know, he's more of a hoon of the mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> the servo I usually go to is in a suburb just like the one I grew up in. Big, sprawling, vul- vibrant, multicultural, and often poor. It feels like coming home. But being poor doesn't mean it's not proud. And this is what and this is why there is one thing that really pisses me off every time I go there. I oh, know gears are being grinded here. That's <laughs> It's just on the right as I drive down one of the major roads leading into the giant shopping center. A long stretch of nature strip along what appears to be some vacant land and adjacent to it are separated by cheap cyclone fencing. Both sides are hopelessly overgrown and it's covered by messing my overturned shopping trolleys. And a reason it pisses me off is this. This street corner is no backwater. It's effectively the gateway to a commercial center in a major suburb in the heart of the metropolis. And then so basically well, after complaining about that, he goes on to say... Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rudy Giuliani was New York City's mayor. Greatest city in the world, baby. <laughs> he says, stop and frisk the trolleys. <laughs> so he says, as the originators... Time of, for the real trolley As problem. the originators of the term broken window policing, <laughs> someday a real rain's going to fall and wash the trolleys away. <laughs> I'm sick of people leaving their trolleys in front of my plastic bag warehouse. (laughs) (laughs) 
As the originators of the term broken window policing explained for an article in The Atlantic in 1982, entirely discredited. This yes. article was written last week. <laughs> Repairing one unrepaired broken window is a signal that an unrepaired broken window is a signal that no one cares, so breaking more windows costs nothing. <laughs> the flip side of this theory is that one that was put into practice by New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Again, Imagine favorably writing about Rudy Giuliani now. <laughs> uh, basically, so basically what he says is, look, what if we gave the police high Mars so that if anyone tried to overturn a shopping trolley, we could shell them? <laughs> Got an anti-hoon howitzer. <laughs> yeah, we've, well, there's a predator drone, and if you miss the bin with your... Um, like gum or whatever. Bah! <laughs> oh, you're describing Singapore. <laughs> and with that, I noticed that we're, we're about to run our light. So, um, for in not just uh, the comedy Commodore of this show is about <laughs> to not, run a light. For not just uh, you tonight, Comedy Republic Melbourne, but uh, to the for the entire Rack Off 2022 uh, Trash Future Tour, I want to say a big thank you. <laughs> Thank you.